All right, everybody. Welcome back to Up in the Air. I'm Jake. I am Nick. We're here today, Nick, to talk about a couple things real quick. Well, um, right. First not thing. A lot. Yeah. Not a lot this week. Um, just some notable things with the NFL Combine. We're going to talk through, Jake and I just did a little mock draft and some MLB updates. We're going to talk about the end. So yep. Spring training just started up, so we want to get into the MLB season, do a little mini preview. We'll get into it a little more as we see things finalizing, but just a, just a quick little preview as things start up. We're, it's a really exciting time for us. We're a couple of seam heads. We're getting really excited about the about the baseball season. Yes. Yep. So I think we get right into it, Jake. Yep. Um, the NFL Combine is coming up. Thursday. Thursday it yep. starts. So we'll talk about reactions next week, but yes. just to preview a little bit, it's some really interesting NFL draft class this year, Jake. There's no, like, I mean, obviously there's, like, bona fide who we think could be really good players. Yeah. But there's no, like, immediate superstars, like, in some draft classes prior, I think. You know, there's no, like... It depend- I get what you're saying. Depending on, like, how the teams are ordered this yeah. year matters a lot. Yeah. The Texans gifting the Bears that first overall pick yep. changed to the entire oh, trajectory of this class. Hundred percent agree. You know, and there are players in here. A lot of it, I think, is compared to like 2017 with Miles Garrett going right first overall because the Browns didn't need a. The, or they just kind of took it just because they didn't really have a good offer for that yep. first overall pick, so they took the best player. Yep, which was Miles Garrett. Yep. Now the Bears which they were right the, about which they were absolutely <laughs> yeah. correct about. The Bears have their first overall pick this year. As we know, I am a Bears fan, so yeah. it's a really exciting time for my team yeah. and me as a fan because we get to talk about them in not a, a lot. A lot. Yeah. In a positive light. In a positive light. In an exciting way. And there was the same thing with me with the Jets last year. They had all these highly ranked picks and all these and they got all these great players. And it is a it's a really exciting thing to go through. Um to go off what you were saying, I I think you're right because I guess the difference is this year is there is Two like elite defensive linemen, yes. and it's like they're going to be. Te- there's no 100 percent like right answer, so I think it almost makes more sense for the Bears to trade back, which we'll get into in just a couple minutes. Yep, because it's like okay, it's going to be very difficult to decide which one you want, and they can almost have the decision made for them. Each each of them will be probably a generational player. They, they'll be they go. Pro Bowl, All Pro talents. They're yes. the players that you build teams around. Right, and, and the thing is, right, go ahead. And basically what both of these players can do for the prospective teams that we think are going to draft them is give these teams an opportunity to center their defense philosophy around them. Yep. You know, Will Anderson, traditional 3-4 pass rush outside linebacker compared to Jalen Carter, who is just disruptive. Very much like a a Chris Jones-esque size, speed, strength, game record, but can line up anywhere. Yep. 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 And we're going to talk about that as we go through the draft that we mocked. Yep. um, You know, it's just a really exciting time. But uh, before we get into it, I think there's some notes that we should talk about. Um, Obviously, I don't know about you. It's easy. It's easy because there's only one pick for each of our teams in yep. here, but biases are going to be affecting this draft a little, a little bit. Um, Not too much because they it, they make sense, but it, it's just a uh, what do we want to end up happening a little bit, right? When we're, we're going to talk about things that actually could happen that aren't necessarily what we want, yeah. We're going to talk about other theories, but and we'll end up posting this full mock draft out on Twitter at the end too. Yep. Feel free to roast us if you want. Right. I'm fully expecting someone at least. Yeah, probably Justin. Shout out Justin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's so, get into it, Jake. Yeah. Let's so go. our our first move, 
the Bears trading back to four. It would be a wasted opportunity for the Bears not to trade back. Agreed. Because they don't need a quarterback. I'm going to stick which, by that. Which is rare. It's very rare that the first team, especially in a draft like this where there's four legitimate quarterbacks, or at least in most people's mind, two. Right. You know, Levis and Richardson are kind of up for their their measurables are off the charts. We're going to talk about yeah, them because they are exciting. It's young and strong. I mean, reasons. young at least is like uh, most people's number one prospect. Yes, if not two, yeah. three. It's just size yeah. affects that a yeah. little bit with him. Yeah, and Stroud is has been shown nothing but good things on tape. So between Especially the two of them, Stroud's playoff game yeah. helped him a lot. It did. It did. That's um, a that's a NFL defense that yeah. he went up against, yeah. and he. Tore them apart, honestly. He, he did really Keely well. Keely Ringo will be an NFL player for a while, and he tore him up personally. Him and Marvin Harrison just torched him. But that's right. a separate topic. Um, so we, I I don't I don't have the picks in front of us, Nick. For some reason, it doesn't show what we traded back. But I believe the Colts traded up to one to select Bryce Young. Yes. Yep. I believe we gave up. I think we gave them the first, second, Fourth and a few and thir- first and third next year, and then number four, number thirty-five, and whatever their third round pick was, and then yeah. the Bears also included their fourth round pick. Yep. Yeah, the Bears gave up, you know, the number one pick obviously, but yep. they also gave up one the, more. One pick. more. I think it was a fourth. I think it was a late fourth, early. Right. I believe it was a late fourth. Right. One more mid round pick, something that the and whatever picks that these teams choose to give up that yep. we think might happen. Yeah. Obviously, is not set in stone. No. I don't think it's too important for us to talk about them specifically, just because we don't really know what these teams are. No, just, but just to give an idea of yes, what we think might happen or what the, the possibility Bears, of the hall. More of just the perspective on the Bears and what their hall could look the like. Bears and how it'll should their get team. a hall. Yep. No matter what. Right. I don't like. It doesn't matter. They should add. Right. They should add at least two more picks in this draft and probably a pick or two next draft. Yep. Yeah. So just the basis of that. Um. So I take Bryce Young mostly just because we think he's the best quarterback, and I think that he's not going to throw at the combine. They announced that today. Oh, did but they? He is, yeah. Okay. So he's not going to perform at the combine, and neither is Jalen Carter. Okay. But they will both perform fully at their pro day, and all that does is it allows them to script it more, yeah. which is whatever. We saw Zach Wilson Shout do the out same Zach thing. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But I I think it's smart. They're both locks for the top five picks. They they don't they have nothing to prove at the combine. Other than you know, other than Young might I mean unless someone outperforms him immensely or but they're gonna do the interviews and they're gonna be there so it's not like the person to person stuff you need to know is gonna Agreed. go away and you won't have to worry about that specifically with like Bryce Young or yep. Will Anderson just yep. because that's Nick Saban's brother. the Alabama way yeah is just the Alabama that's why way. people go there yep is they train you in, to be media you know they train you they have you get media training by going to that school yep. while also succeeding on the football field yep. so. You know, you don't have to worry about it with them. And he, um, all intense purposes, he seems like a terrific young man. Right. And um, I think... I think... So, there was one thing we talked about before this that is a very, very much a long shot, but it's just like an interesting thought. And I don't think this will necessarily happen if they trade up. But the Colts taking Anthony Richardson. And this is something I brought up to you that I had been thinking about. I personally don't think that is going to happen. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. It's just an interesting thought that I had that I thought maybe would be cool to share. What... We should do, Jake, is yeah. compare Anthony Richardson to Will Levis because they're yeah. not like the top two bona fide yeah. picks that True. people are talking about. Yeah. But Will Levis obviously is shooting up draft boards yeah. as there's always one quarterback that has that treatment, whereas they have a stellar season at some yeah. point in college. And for Will Levis, that was junior year. Yeah. But this past season, he did not have the similar, similar, the similar stats that he had. Yeah. For his junior year, and I just don't, I don't see the 
what I'm trying to say basically is that I think Anthony Richardson has a higher upside than Will Levis does. That's that was my thought process of just ex- using him for this example is mostly just Shane Steichen's now the coach of the Colts. Mm-hmm. Shane Steichen did all these things as offensive coordinator with Jalen Hurts that made him this elite runner and distributed the football well. Right. And the Colts have solid receivers. They may not be Eagles level, but Pittman is solid. Alec Pierce showed played pretty well. The I believe that if the Colts get the right guy and the right coach in, they can sign the player here, and you can find a, a solid receiver in the late rounds. Um, but my m- main thing was the combine's coming up. I think he's going to wow at the combine with his measurables. I think his speed, his athleticism, um, I don't know how he'll do in any of the other stuff, but just the speed alone in a system like that, not that we'll, I think Will Levis will also test perfectly fine. Right. But it's just the allure of Anthony. I think Anthony Richardson is going to test so well that it's going to perk some some people's ears up. I think he should go. I mean, is he in our draft going before Will Levis? No. no. But um, I think I wouldn't put it past some GMs. And we'll talk more about them as we get yep. down there. But uh, real quick before we move on, yep. um, another thing with the Bears that I think would be smart and I've seen before is the Panthers trading all the way up from nine yes. with Brian Burns and offering a whole bunch of picks. Yes. And I I would take that. Starting fresh, yep. Frank Reich. Brian Burns is a proven is a proven I would take good that player. And he's twenty what is he, twenty five? Twenty six? He's, he's in the he's hitting the prime of his career. Yep. Yep. But, um, you know, I think that's also something that the Bears should take a look at if that is a conversation that needs to be had between Ryan Poles and whoever. And the other thing is Justin Fields is entering year three. Right. This is a make or break year. This this is going to be the year that you find out if he's the guy. You need to surround him with the right people to prove if he's the guy because then he's going to be eligible for an extension and you can't afford... You you have to make something work on his rookie contract or around his rookie contract. Right. Right. We've seen that proven. And you know the Chiefs do it differently, but that's a whole different conversation. Ryan Poles did the come most from part, that system. That's true. He did learn that. That's way. true. And he, it's not that they can't. It's just this is it's a make it or break a year for Justin Fields, where you just you need to figure out you need to put the right people around him. He's proved he can do it without the right people. But what can he do with the right receivers and the right offensive line and a, a competent front seven? Right. Right. No, no disrespect to Jack Sanborn, but. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, you've watched more Bears games than I have, but that's that sound. Right. And the Bears for the past couple of years have had a lot of success in the later rounds, so yep. it'll be interesting to see what they do when they finally have. I mean, they haven't had a first round pick in like the past two years. They, so. They've drafted pretty well. Over Besides the last drafting years. up yeah. to get Justin Fields, yeah. they didn't have a first round pick last year. Right. They they could have used that. Yep. You know, they missed out on Evan Neal yep. because of it. Yep. And you know that changes the trajectory of your team, but I think I think it's time we move on. They, yep. Um, um, besides, so the Bears trade down with the Colts. Yep. So the, we'll just kind of we'll go through it a little bit because there's not many other things. Just to, we yep. spent a lot of time on that, but I think that's going to be the most interesting part about the draft until something actually happens with it. Agreed. Because it'll all start there. Yep. Um, due to Bryce Young going to the Colts, we have C.J. Stroud going to the Texans at number two. At number yep. two, number three, the Cardinals taking Jalen Carter. Now they could take Will Anderson. Also, this is mostly just the Bears at four. You wanting Will Anderson? This is either or, right? Yeah, there are a lot of Bears. It's fans. a win-win. There are a lot of Bears fans that want Jalen Carter over mm-hmm. Will Anderson, and I get that. It's I feel like it's harder to find a generational interior lineman compared to a really really good generational Diet. I think it's harder to find those players. I think I think it's easier to find a situational pass rusher. Which if right now you want to get a game changer. Go get Jalen Carter. He's in the middle. He in that, it's Essentially what you're saying, yes, the Chris Jones, the Quinnen Williams, 
the the prime Fletcher Cox. Those guys game wreck from anywhere. The Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, yeah, right. but J- he's a, prime JJ Watt, right? It's a little different, but it's there is situational pass rushers. They exist now. You can get a guy in the second, third round that is lead at pass rushing. That and t- you not that you want him to be out there all the time or that he's anywhere near what Will Anderson can be. But you're right, just positionally it does make a little more sense that way. But I'm me myself, I think Will Anderson is just the better prospect off the field. Yeah. Um, not saying that there's any problems with Jalen Carter. Yeah. And I haven't seen anything and I know I actually had to do a study with with him. Yeah. Or on him for a um, a project. Yeah. For Georgetown. Yeah. I had to do a pretty much, you know, a, a character Background, right, right, Jalen Carter, right. yep. and you know he's a very good person. Yeah, but I just I feel like I would like Will Anderson more, and that's, but it's a win-win. Like yeah, it's hard to lose. That was just our thought process on it. Um, I think the Seahawks take Tyree Wilson. They we, probably they have to go defense. They, they need an edge rusher, and Tyree Wilson should also probably be up there too. He's with, he just played at Texas he Tech. He didn't play at the two of the five best schools in the country. Exactly. It's a it's almost it's not Mahomes esque, but it's like. They're an average team. You don't learn about these prospects until the draft process. Right. Um, and then we have the Panthers taking Will Levis, trading up to the six. Pan- right. The Panthers trade up from nine to six. Yep. Which makes a lot of sense. We It's essentially what we talked about earlier. This way they don't give up as much. And I still – they've been linked to Levis for a while. And because I think- we had talked about it, Jake, with, mm-hmm. the, with the entire NFC South. Yeah. Every one of those teams needs a quarterback. Yes. I think so. I think the Falcons are least likely to take one, but yes, they are. Yes, that's yeah. what I was going to, is yep. the Falcons are probably going to ride with Desmond Ritter until Arthur Smith gets fired. I think they're just, right. Until that also. Until that happens, they're going to ride with Desmond Ritter, see what they can do in that NFC South, which is awful. Right Terrible, now. right. And they, I mean, they could win it at 8 is There is a possibility, just like what the, the Bucks did this year. Yep. They could win it with a losing record and ride from there. But um, we have Will Levis going yep. to the Panthers, mainly because he's already been linked to that team forever. Right. Depending on how things go in the rest of this offseason before the draft. Yeah. You know, the Panthers, you know, they, they got Frank Reich. Yep. And, you know, they do have a pretty decent defense. Which, by the way, Frank Reich's been notable at making quarterbacks much better than they are. Right. Exactly. When they have the proper team, you know. So if you already if you already have an owner and Steve Tasker linked to a um, linked to a quarterback prospect and Will Levis, yeah, you know, I, if they are able to trade up and go for a quarterback, yeah, Will Levis is probably the one that they're going to take, right? Because especially at six, especially at six, because the Raiders at seven are more than likely going to get. They, they if if Will Levis is available for the Raiders, I at think seven, they take him also. They take Will yeah. Levis yeah. compared to Anthony Richardson. Agreed. So yeah, the Richardson thing was more of just like in the system. Um, I don't think he'll actually go that high. I think him. We'll get to him, but I, I don't think he goes in the top six, seven, eight. I don't think he gets to that point. No, I don't think um, so either. But that's and that's anyways. So we have we have the Raiders taking Devin Witherspoon, who I think is should be in this in similar territory to Carter Anderson Wilson in terms of. The defensive prospect that he is at the size, and he tackles Nick for being a cornerback. He tackles. He does. You know he's long. He's six two, I believe, two ten. He's this big prospect. He's a little beefier than Sauce Gardner, but in terms of measurables, not too far off. He obviously didn't perform exactly the way he did, but he's a very physical corner. And corners are such a premium in the league now. They are, and it's yeah. it's tough behind quarterbacks. Yeah, corners are the toughest position to go from college to the NFL. Agreed. I would, and I think Devin Witherspoon is probably the one who is 
going to you know have less trouble going from Illinois, which he had to face some tough competition. He had to play Ohio State, Michigan. And And he played very well against Michigan. He did really well all season, and I think he's going to get into the NFL and have the least amount of trouble going from college to the pro level. Especially since he's not afraid to hit. If if you are a corner-needy team and Witherspoon is available, you cannot pass him up. So that's the other thing is if the Lions like him enough, I could also see the Lions staying there. I do. And and not taking the Panthers' offer. Jeff Okuda hasn't really... He's been... Uh, panned out yet? So I don't, they had a rookie last year. I remember his name. He played well, but they can you. Everyone can use a corner like that. Yes, yeah. Um, Just like how the Jets got Sauce Gardner last year. Right. This is a very similar situation where they have a player landing into their feet or in their lap anyway. Excuse me. And who who could e- who should easily be a top five talent in this class? Yes. Um. So yeah, I agree with you on that. Um. The fal- we have the fal- Falcons taking Miles Murphy. We. We contemplated him and a couple other edge rushers and interior linemen, but we decided that right now that seems to be the most sense. We 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 have both talked about Lucas Van Ness, who we'll talk about in a little mm-hmm. while, believing that he can perform well enough to combine where where he will jump and move up to a spot like this. Right. But we'll have to wait and there see. Are this a lot is of based players, off of now. There are a lot of players that are gonna that are gonna shoot up draft boards as always. Just how it works in the combine and pro days. Um, but just right now, from what we've seen all season, all college season, and what we know. Um, this was a safer pick for the Falcons. Agreed. Going going defense yep. um, and worrying about their offensive line later yep. because there, there's plenty of draft capital this year, yep. and there's plenty of people in this draft who can go in the third and fourth round who might be you know second-rounders or late first-rounders even. Right. So um, Miles Murphy here to the Falcons just it makes sense right now. Yeah. But yeah. is there a name that's going to pop up after the draft that could fit Falcons here? Are unpredictable. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And there are a lot of teams like that this year that are just really unpredictable. There's a lot of really good prospects, but there's none that between like six and the rest. Of, I mean, outside of like the top outside five, of every, the top five or six, top five, six, seven, everything is kind of a, a jumble. It could be. It could go any which way. Shout out Bills. We'll talk about you later. Yeah. Um. We have the. We have the Lions going corner with Christian Gonzalez. I think that's just because the only other like players of that caliber are tackles and receivers, and they don't need either of those. They Their don't. tackles are very good, and not that they couldn't use a receiver, but the receivers are good enough as is, where I think that corner's a much bigger need for if them, they, and Gonzalez is a good enough player to be exactly. taken there. If they want a receiver that badly, they will take one later in the draft. Yep. So, so uh, 10, we have kind of a shocker. Uh, the Bucks moving up to 10, trading back with the Eagles. The main... Thinking behind that is what kind of what we talked about earlier. Yep. And yep. but to expand on it, the Bucks don't have the cap space to go get a quarterback. Tom Brady's gone. Tom right? Brady's gone. So you're They're, not gonna ride with Kyle Trask. No. And they don't have the ability to. And this may not be ideal for them. Maybe I'd say Richardson is the least NFL ready of all these of these four quarterbacks that we're talking about at the top. Yes. But the Bucks, I think, need to go take the chance. They because need something. They have this. They have the offensive skill players. They mm-hmm. have the offensive line. They have the defense for the most part. They might. They're going to lose a couple pieces. guys, right? Levante, David, Jamel Dean. But yes. for the most part, yeah. most of that defense is going to be there. I hope Jamel Dean goes to the Bears. That would be sick. I would like that a lot. Um, but anyway, and Javon Hargrave. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which yeah. Um, so I think I think that it makes the most sense for them to move up. The Saints can sign whoever. I think. They can sign Derek Carr or whoever's out there. The Saints are more than Garoppolo. likely able to sign like a Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Right. Compared to the Bucks, who literally cannot sign anyone. Right. They have no cap space, so it 
and the Eagles want a little more draft capital to make up for all the players they're if, losing. It's a win-win situation. I think it makes sense for both teams. And, right, he doesn't have to go far. He went to college and the Eagles. Florida. Go ahead. You're talking about the Eagles. The Eagles don't need any of the players in the positions that should be taken around this time. They can afford to move back and take a player later. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. A, a different defensive lineman. Uh, this uh, is the perfect a, opportunity. A defensive back, a middle uh, middle. Lineman, sorry, center no. guard, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interior yeah. lineman. <laughs> interior lineman. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> Says the interior lineman. Says the guy who played center his entire <laughs> life. Um, this is the perfect draft for Howie Roseman to set up the next four or five years. She's done so well. With acquiring even more draft capital. Like, he yep. doesn't need many players in this first round. No. Right? He doesn't need much. He's going to lose a lot of free agents. Yep. Like, we're, we're going to talk about that later. But he doesn't need, like, the... They need impact players to fill out the roster. Yes. You know, they just need, you know, good talent that they can develop, which they've proven that they can do for the past three years or so. Right. Now, Now, could they stay still and take, say, Brian Branch or, I don't know, an edge rusher or something here, Van Ness, if he's there? Possibly. But I I think that it's very likely that they trade back for a team that's going to get hungry for a quarterback, seeing Richardson is still there. And with how we've thought about this, Jake, the Eagles are going to get Brian Branch anyway. Spoiler alert. Yeah. um, Which win-win for the Eagles. Right. Exactly. This is a win-win for both teams here with the Bucs and the Eagles. And we'll go on a little run here. Yeah. Um, Texans taking a tackle, specifically Paris Johnson. I think they could take the any, Titans. The Titans. I'm sorry. Titans. Thank you, Titans. Right. Texans are next. Yeah. Titans at 11 taking a tackle, specifically Paris Johnson. I they think could it, go wide receiver here, but I really don't think they should because they I don't lost think Taylor Dewan. Yeah, they lost Taylor Dewan, and their offensive line was not great. Nope. I, I think they aren't going to waste back to back first round picks on receivers. No. We have the Texans taking Quentin Johnston mostly because he's touted as the best receiver prospect. He played in Texas. It's just kind of making sense right he's now. He's just an immediate impact that can yeah. help. They need um, receivers. They can that can help CJ Stroud. Yep. Just develop. You know, he's six four. Yep. He's really. I mean, he's fast. Yep. Not great at route running, but you can find route runners. And if anywhere. I don't know how much you watched him play, I watched him play in about five or six games this year. He just has it just right. by watching him. He, right. Um, but I could also see them taking Jackson Smith and Jigba here. I just if they take Stroud, I could see them taking Smith and Jigba. We'll talk more about yep. JSN later. Yep. But I don't think a team should take him above like the twentieth pick. Just with how, you know, his injury is serious. Yeah. yeah. You know, it could have implications. Which is probably what will happen, but mm-hmm. just out of the theory of Stroud and Smith and Jigba together, he's talented enough to go there. It's just a it theory. Yeah. Um, the Jets at 13 taking Skaronsky, Peter Skaronsky, Northwestern. I just love that idea. I honestly think that he would go before that. I think that the Raiders could take him. I think the Falcons could take him. I think... The Titans could the Titans could take him yeah. instead of Paris Johnson. It's very possible. I've seen a lot of Broderick Jones to the Jets, but I, I personally just love Skaronsky, so this is slightly towards me, right. but it's out also three, a realistic possibility. Out of the three top big tackles yeah. of Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, or Broderick Jones, yeah. Jones is the rawest. Mm-hmm. He's also the biggest. He's a monster. He's a monster. Both of, of their the tackles are ginormous. Right. But yeah. Paris Johnson, he has I which Peter Skaronsky is the most ready yeah. right now. But Paris Johnson has the higher ceiling. Yep. And that's what I was going to say about Quentin Johnson, too. Yep. Is that he can be an impact immediately, yep. but I think there are other, like Jordan Addison, I think, is yep. going to have a higher ceiling yep. than what Quentin Johnson can. It's very possible. So, um, Speaking of Jordan Addison, we have him going to the Patriots at 14. You and I disagreed slightly about this. We disagreed slightly. I think Lucas Van Ness can go here mostly because it's a very Patriots esque pick. Yep. But I also understand 
the idea of, they haven't had a top tier receiver in 15 years. The Patriot way or whatever yeah. needs to change. They cannot just rely on old school coaching and just the idea of the Patriots being good yeah. to rely on and, you know, accru- acquiring talent. And Bill O'Brien's back, and I think he'll infuse a little bit. Of, as, as much crap as we gave him for the GM he was, he was a good head coach. He was. And, and he was a good head coach everywhere we went, and he was a good coordinator, and he knows football. And I yep. think... I think that you're not. I think there's a very high possibility they also take a receiver here. It's all dependent on Jacoby Myers. Yep. Either the Patriots are going to pay him what he probably should be paid, yep. or another team is going to overpay for him. Yep. And they're going to need a wide receiver. Jordan Addison can, you know, this is. You were talking about it being a make or break year for Justin Fields. I would argue it even is more so for Mac Jones. Oh, agreed. 100%. He needs to do something this year to prove it to Bill O'Brien to prove it to Bill Belichick, yep. to Robert Kraft, that they didn't waste, not waste their pick on him, but to, to prove that he can... It was worth the pick. He still has room to grow. Correct. You know, I feel like it's pretty commonplace among the NFL yep. to believe that Justin Fields can improve. Uh, yeah. No, he has the ability to get better. Yep. Whereas with Mac Jones, it's like, right. I personally don't think that he has that area to grow unless the Patriots go out... They have a lot of cap this year, too. They have, like, the fourth most cap in the NFL to I'd spend. I'd say he's closer to Kirk Cousins, where you have to get the right team around him. Exactly. And he has to do, make the correct decisions. Right. So I think adding a, a wide receiver prospect Agreed. like Jordan Addison with a line that's pretty decent. Agreed. And, you know. It was just my take was more of just what the Patriots would usually do, the, but I don't disagree that they, they need to the, change it, and the, I think there's a good chance that they do. The Patriots need to change just and, fundamentally, and this would be the great – Chance for them to Belichick's do so. stubborn, but he's not that stubborn. Exactly. He puts winning above everything else. Yep. Um we have the Packers taking Michael Mayer just because they're losing the tight end, uh Tanyan. Um, Robert and Tanyan. also their yep. receivers did play well last year. They did. And um, depending on what Aaron Rodgers decides to do, yep. I hate the drama. I hate it. I hate it. I hate, I hate it. it too. I always hate it with him, but that's just me coming just being biased. Yeah. Knowing what the knowing well, I don't like it either. Knowing what the Packers would do, this makes so much sense for them. Yep. To get it, a tight end to keep him around. Exactly. They could also take a receiver if one of those two guys falls, but I don't think they'd reach for a receiver at fifteen if Mayer's there and the and the Addison and Johnson are gone. Yep. Yep. Um Broderick Jones to the Commanders. Uh we were kinda we weren't really sure what to do with the Commanders. The commanders we got stuck in a weird spot. The Commanders have the opportunity, I think, if the Bucks don't the Commanders have a chance Correct. to Trade up and draft. I um, think that very high possibility that they could take Richardson, there. Anthony Richardson. Yeah, they right. could take him. Either there he lands, either yep. he lands here with them, yep. or they or they might trade up for him because they did release Carson Wentz today. Correct. Do they, they do they ride with Sam Howell? They say they are, but I don't know if I believe it. I don't know. It's the same thing with like the Steelers. We're riding with Trubisky. It's like, are you? This them? would be a better chance for Anthony Richardson to succeed because they might not have to start him right away. Correct. Whereas I, with the Bucks, yep. that's like an immediate. Okay, you're gonna have to play. I think that I also think it's possible that the Bucks trade up to where the Commanders are. That's fair. That they go from 19 to 16, get Richardson, but I don't know if that's fully valid either because the Steelers and Lions don't need anybody there. So I guess it all depends. It's just I, I think the Commanders. I think if it's not the Bucks, I think the Commanders do take Richardson. I don't think you're wrong, but that's not how it worked out for us. And I don't know. I mean, maybe the combine will change some things. Maybe. But, but as of right now, Broderick Jones o- going there. Their offensive line isn't terrible, but they're not great. I mean, they can they use have, an upgrade. They got Bears legend Charles Leno. Yeah, holding, legend. Holding down yeah. uh, one of their tackle spots. Yeah. So this, Broderick Jones is a massive person yep. who can have talent. Yep. He just needs the coaching. Correct. 
And we'll see if the if uh, in our draft we'll see if the commanders can do that for him. Yep. But um, next so Steelers getting a Steeler, Joey Porter. Yes. Junior. <laughs> I mean, he's a long, lengthy corner. Also, he's six three, six four. He's he played very well. The Big Ten was the best conference in college football last year, I agree. arguably. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean, he played very well against good receivers, and at least that one division. And the Steelers need a corner. They do. That one division that has you know Ohio the, State, Michigan, the, the East. What East? Yeah, because the, the West is like no. Wisconsin Penn State was pretty good this year too. They were ten and two. Can't forget them. Right. Imagine if they didn't have Sean Clifford, maybe they'd be good. Right. And speaking of Penn State, yeah. you know, Joey Porter Jr. going to the Steelers makes a lot of sense because yep. they don't need safety help. Nope. This could be a spot for Brian Branch, but they don't need a safety. No. Nope. Um, Their line's solid. They Their could take a tackle. Solid. If there's a tackle that is here, like Broderick Jones going here. If he here, gets past the commanders, yes. Makes sense. Yep. But I don't think they're going to reach for the other tackles. I don't think so. I think Porter's a good enough prospect in a position of need where they take him. Yep. So that I think I think that was a pretty easy pick for us. The Lions we have taken an interior defense lineman Brian Breesey. We were on the we were on the fence between him and Kalijah Kansi, who we'll talk about later. Um, and we, we both discussed Van Ness here too. I just think that their edge rushers are much better than their interior Van Ness rushers. needs to have a good combine, which he will. I think I just I think don't think will. the Lions will go back to back on edge rushers because they had edge. And we talked about it too. Brian Breesey has been falling. Yeah, he has. For I don't. Really, I've seen him in the second rounds in a couple. I don't other really mocks. know why. I don't. I don't get it. No, me neither. Honestly, but. I mean, that's just how this goes. Yep. That's how the draft goes. Yep. You have a player who at the beginning of the year was like top 10, yep. top 5. Now all of a sudden he's early second round. Right. But it's just, I mean, he did he have a great year? He had an adequate year. He was solid. He was solid. Uh, he think, was a top, consensus top 5 pick last year. I, I just I'm think people sure. were expecting like an incredible season from yep. him. And uh, I just, think he'll be a solid player. I think so too. Um. So rapid, rapid fire, Nick. Right. Eagles, Brian Branch, they're going to lose uh, C.D. Deuce. It makes sense for them to get a, a basically almost an equally talented player mm-hmm. um, from assist from an Alabama defense that always produces solid pros. Um, Osiris Torrance to the Seahawks. I think they need interior line help. They don't need tackle. They nope. go interior line. Yep. And they get Torrance immediate. is the best go- interior lineman in the draft. It might be you know on draft boards he might be a little higher than or lower than that, but yep. I think he goes in about that spot. We have the Chargers taking Deontay Banks, corner at 21. We weren't really sure what to do here. This was really tough for us. We know they just signed J.C. Jackson. They have Asante Samuel, but J.C. Jackson did not play well last year. He didn't really play. Yeah, no. And we don't really, we weren't really sure what to do. They don't need edge rushers. They don't need offensive skill positions. There's no good tackles left at this There's point. There's no like wide receiver that they should take yeah. here that I can see them. You know, Maybe Smith and Jigba, but I don't see them. This might be a reaching. spot where they trade back. It's very possible. But I don't know who would trade up for I, someone in this. Well, so, like, in theory, the Giants, Cowboys, I mean, if Richardson falls this far, maybe the Saints trade up. But I, I think I think it's possible the Ravens, Giants trade up for a receiver. Sure. I think if Smith and Jigba's there and they really think that maybe, or Zay Flowers, whoever they like, maybe the Ravens are going to take him, they might trade ahead of the Ravens. Something along those lines, but we don't know for sure. Um we have the Ravens taking Lucas Van Ness just because he's fallen this far, and it's a very Ravens thing to do to go get a dominant player like that. The Ravens had a lot of questions. They this, may not need him. They have a lot of questions that they need to answer this offseason yeah. that they haven't answered yet. But in the draft, depending on how we think they, we think they might go, this just makes a lot of sense for them. Yep. He's fallen this far. We don't they're think not, he's going to. They're not going to let him pass. Yep. They're not going to let him pass. So. Good franchises don't let good players go. They nope. figure out the rest later. Nope. Um, Vikings with Kalijah Kansi, they need defensive line help. Their defense was atrocious last year. I think he's the best defensive player left on the board. Yes. I think if Van Ness gets there, they take him. But I Out think of any player that's rising on draft boards, yeah. it makes sense that he is. Correct. So, um, Jags, Dalton uh, Kinsade, tight end Utah. Just Kinsade, Kincaid. Kincaid. 
Kincaid. Kincaid, that makes sense. I think it's, it's a King, C, Kincaid. Yeah, Kincaid. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a freak, and they haven't had a good tight end like literally in the history of Evan the franchise. Evan did well this past year, but I honestly think he's going to go. And this is a more cost-controlled way to get a exactly. tight end who the honestly Jags might be might more talented. let him go. They probably will. He's probably going to ask for more money than they want to pay him. You know, um, If Michael Mayer is available here, I think they should go him 100%. instead of Kincaid, but... And in our draft. it's possible those two get flipped too. Right. Um, right. They're both very talented. It's a good year for tight ends. It is. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, twenty-five Giants. I think that makes perfect sense. I think it's a great spot for him. I don't think he falls much further than that. I think he's too talented, despite the injuries. And yes, the Giants got a lot out of the receivers they had. But like Isaiah what, Hodgins. What did Josh Allen do once he got a Stephon Diggs-esque talent? Right. You know, and maybe. And Jake, but won't be become that good. It's a lot. It's high praise for him to think he's gonna be that good. But I think he has the talent level. He too. is a very talented player yes. who just unfortunately had an injury that yep. could affect him in his career. Yeah, that's just the plain it's simple fact. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It sucks. But I think it's a perfect uh, risk reward here for the Giants at this point in the draft. Right, and they draft right ahead of their rival, the Cowboys, who, who could, also that'd be a huge Jerry Jones thing to do. Yes. They do it all the time. They take receivers. I mean, they took uh, CeeDee Lamb when they didn't necessarily need a receiver. They had Amari Cooper. Uh, they took Des Bryant. You right. know, they take those players in this position that are just that good. So we have them also drafting a wide receiver in Zay Flowers. Yep. That was more of Zay Flowers is very good, but we also I had a lot of I had a lot of input on this pick yeah. when we were talking about it. Um the Cowboys receivers, they have you no know, they have a lot of them. Yeah. But they need a good one. Yeah. You know, C.D. Lamb was very good this year. Gallup's been underperforming. Gallup was underperforming yep. this year, and who knows what's going to happen in the running back room. So if they yep. could solidify and get Dak. The like, only other thing I could see them doing is taking B. John Robinson if they don't believe in Zeke and if Tony Pollard walks. If exactly. they really think Zeke is done, I think B. John Robinson is a very real possibility. He's from Texas. Correct. He's a freak, and the Cowboys are at their best when they have that good of a running back. So depending on what happens with Tony Pollard yep. and how they're feeling about Zeke, I think going wide receiver here makes a lot of sense for yep. them. And Zay Flowers is the best one available. Yep. But speaking of B. John Robinson, we have him going to the Bills. Bills now, need a running back. The Bills are in such a weird position, I think. Now, we are both, you know, close to Buffalo-ish. We have a lot of friends that are Bills fans. Mm-hmm. But I don't hear a lot of talk about what the Bills should do with this pick. No, neither do I. I... I, I just I don't even know if Bills I think he's, know what they should do. I think here. he's too good of a player, and I think they've been so inconsistent with the running backs for so long that it just makes sense. It just makes sense yep. for them to get and a talent at that position. It's also the Bills need offensive line help. Full disclosure, I, Nick, we aren't too familiar with the end of the first round, early second round players either. That's fair. Yeah. Yes. So this is just kind of like as we get to the end here, it's just kind of like off the rankings, and we're going to pay more attention to the combine, and, and we'll get more solidified things then. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the. Bengals taking Dewan Jones just out of a pure like freak size standpoint, and that they can always use offensive line help. They didn't fully fix it last year. Nope, they had a lot of injuries on that position, um, and just getting depth there will help them. Yep, Saints Tyreek Stevenson corner Miami just out of pure need, and he's he'll be around that level I think. If the Saints don't have an opportunity to, to trade up and draft yep. someone that they really want, then yep. this would this is just filling a need for yep. them, and he's he can do that for them. Eagles Nolan Smith just. They may not need a defense lineman, but they're losing a lot of defense linemen, and it's also just a very Howie thing to That's be like. Howie Roseman. Let's thing go to get. Do. We just got two difference makers on defense from two elite programs. Let's just go get them and figure out the rest later, and they will figure out the rest later. People are going to want to go play with the Eagles. Correct. And then we have the Chiefs taking a tackle, Anton Harrison, out of the from Oklahoma. Both just of their tackles are free agents. agents this year. They can. I mean, trend. They franchise tag Orlando Brown, but yep. lose the other one. Andrew Wiley. Yep. Andrew Wiley. It's a. It's a. 
yeah, it's a cost saving thing. It makes the most sense. Yeah. If there's a solid receiver here, I can see them taking a receiver. Like if say Flowers falls a little, I can totally see that happening. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I think that that Anton Harrison's good enough for the take him there. Right. Um. So that was our. We only did the first round because yep. I mean, we spent a little more time on it than we thought. But this is our. We we are very passionate about this. Yes. And we're really excited about what the what the combine will mean for these players yes and the storylines that it's going to create yep um but like we said we're gonna put that picture on our twitter yes um so go like go that. check it out go check it out let us know what you think yep um we're trying to you know get more reception on social media so um go go check that out yep. let us know what you think and we will respond accordingly that's enough for us with the NFL for this week, Jake, I think. Um, there's not too much else we can really talk about until after the Combine. Right. So keep an eye out for next week's episode on all of our thoughts on that. But we haven't talked about the MLB yet. No. Like, at all on our podcast, Jake. Yep, spring training just started. Yep. Um, a lot of cool things that happened this offseason. Um, the main thing that we're getting from spring training so far is the... The, the pitch the, the, the pitch count clock the pitch clock yes thank you the pitch clock um, I really like it I've seen a couple games this like for example just today yeah um, when we were recording this the Mets lost the Cardinals there were 19 runs scored yeah under three hours which uh, normally just does not happen if you're gonna score that many runs yeah. and you're gonna have that many long innings game. it's like four hours they're they're averaging like two hours and twenty minutes now they can't go to extra innings right part of it but that's the, yes the other thing is is baseball is so much fun, but the MLB does a very poor job of advertising baseball, right? So, I mean, this is a pretty simple way to get the average person to watch it more because it's going to be less boring. And no matter what anyone says, there's old baseball heads. Baseball is the old, like, curmudgeon sport of the... Yeah, of, there's a lot of... Of unnecess- the United States. Come where, on. Right. I... There's a lot of unnecessary tradition in baseball correct. that does not need to be there. No, it's it's... It's 150 years ago. Right. Some of it. You know. 100 the, years the ago. The game is changing. The game has changed. Yeah. The game... The game the existed... MLB, the MLB needed to change yes. with its game. Yep. It could not stay stagnant with how the game was going. Correct. Whereas they couldn't just, you know, sit back and let how it used to be just propel the game forward because young fans are not going to pay attention to that. No, baseball is a dying sport. Baseball is a dying sport. And it sucks because, you know, baseball used to be that sport that you could just pick up, you know... You could pick up a wooden bat and go make your own ball yep. or play with a just any ball. Yep. But now, you know, a lot of that was taken by basketball because it's, yep. you know, such a less cost right. of, you know, getting into the game. Yeah. And, you know, how scouts view talent. You know, you have to be on you have to be on travel teams or you have to be really good internationally in order to be recognized yep. by the MLB. It's uh, it, it's hard to get I mean, it's hard to get into any any pro sport. Yeah. But with baseball, there's just so many added layers, and the MLB didn't need to add any more layers no. to their already dying game. Yeah. So I think shortening the game makes a lot of sense. It's un it's it, it, it's unpopular, but I like the extra inning rule. Yep. Uh, it's with more entertaining. A, with, yeah. With an asterisk. Yeah. I think instead of starting on second, they should start on first. But. We can talk about that later. Agreed. Agreed. And it's also it's it's fine for the regular season, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm glad they don't do it in the playoffs. It makes sense. It's a regular season thing, right? Um, the other thing, and is the bigger bases. I like that as well. I do. I cut down on injuries. I think it's going to make it more fun. We've there's already some, seen more stolen bases. That's this what I was going to say. Yeah, is that it's going to there's going to be more running. Which, by the way, stolen bases have been 
they made a little bit of renaissance the last couple years, but for a while there, there's a five, six year span where there was just no stolen bases and no one was running. You can blame the shift for that, I think. Oh, I don't disagree, yeah. Yeah. I think the shift being banned is, might be the most important thing that happened. That's true. Uh, Cody, I I don't know if we talked about this on the pod, but Cody Bellinger specific, I know I've talked to you about this. We've talked about this off pod before, but Cody Cody, Bellinger was being interviewed and specifically said like, he was, I believe he was asked about the shift and the difference it's going to make. And and you can see it in his numbers the last couple of years. He said, from the time you grow up, you've been taught, if you hit the ball back at the pitcher's head, it's a single. It's a hit. You're on base. That is how you're taught to hit. You and I both played baseball. Every time we were in lives. practice in high school, we both agreed that if you were able to hit a ball back at the netting that Perfect. the coach was, or whoever was throwing BP to, yep. that's like, wow, holy yeah, shit. Nice that's job. Really Way good. to go. Right. Yes. Right. And that's that was a thing always to be celebrated. Exactly. Yeah. It's pure fundamental hitting at its best. Exactly. And for the last five or six years in the MLB, that was an out. And those are Cody Bellinger's words. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Especially against specific players. And baseball is one of the most difficult sports in the world in terms of the the reaction time and the hand-eye coordination. I don't think we needed to make it more difficult for hitters. Right. And, no. And as much as I love a good pitcher's duel and I love pitching, if we want the game to grow... The hitters need to be the focus, and I don't think the pitching needs to change either, too, no. Jake. Like you have, it's not protecting the batters, yeah, but it's also making it fair for them, correct? And you know, if they're going to strike out, they're going to strike out, which know. a lot of them do now. A lot of them do, based on you know, we could talk, we could talk about yeah, um, exit velocity, <laughs> angles, everything, every single stat that's been added into baseball for the last fifteen years. We can talk about that. As the season progresses. Right. But I think we should just move on specifically. Can with... I add one little tidbit? Sure. I think that a part of that also, the striking out, has to do with the shift. Because you aren't taught to hit line drives anymore because line drives don't get you hits. So you're, aiming yeah. for, you're aiming for extra base hits and home runs. So uh-huh. I wanted to throw that out there because I think I think we might see a decrease in strikeouts as well. I, I Yeah. You'll, yeah. We'll see that. And depending on how, you know, where a lot of these big ticket pitchers went mm-hmm. in free agency... Um, you know, there were a lot. There were a lot of movements. This, this it was an interesting year. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of great moves. I think yep. teams that needed to make moves did. The NL East is a juggernaut now. Yep, and it's scary as a Mets fan. Shout out the Marlins. Shout, shout, <laughs> shout out the Marlins. Yeah. Yes, uh, I mean they just they got the AL uh, batting average hit. Like, what what's his name? He led the AL in batting average last year. Oh, Luis Arias. Yes. Yeah, the, he's the a, AL he's batting a, champion. He's a Marlin. Yeah, now. they traded him for a pitcher. Yeah. Pablo? Yeah. Was it, it was Pablo. It was Pablo. Pablo went to the Twins, yeah. Yeah. Pablo Lopez. Um, yeah, I mean, Annalise is an absolute juggernaut. Uh, Uncle Stevie. Uncle Stevie has all the money. I mean, just, it's the it's a gut feeling, but also, like, you could feel it. Yeah. They're going to try and get Shohei next year. Yeah. It's just, that's Oh, the Mets and Dodgers are going all in on mm-hmm. them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I know, the, I know that... Uh, Hal Steinbrenner won't, and that makes me very sad on the inside. But well, when you have fourteen billion dollars to spend, Stevie, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Go for it. And the Dodgers, they're not afraid to spend money either. If I had that type of money, this is—he's doing exactly what I would do. Is I would find the coolest team I could find and just be like take all of my money. All I want to do is be a champion. It's nice because he—I mean, he grew Stevie Steve Cohen. We're talking about. Yeah, grew up a Mets fan. Lived in that area forever. Was a minority owner anyway. Yeah. When the when the when the Wilpons boo owned him. Yeah. Or owned the Mets. Yeah. And he bought the majority stake, and he was just like, "I want to bring a championship to the Mets, and I'm not afraid to do that." Is he from Queens? He's from around there. That's yeah. literally every every New York kid that grows up liking the Mets. That is what they want to do. Yep. He's living out the American dream, Nick. 
Yeah, well, yeah, so, I, a very different American dream. Different American dream, but it's a, an American dream. Yes, he. he and is, it might be an American dream for everyone, like nineteen thirty-five, but like it's an American dream. Yes, yeah, and he has the money to spend, and he spent it all. Kodai. On, on, I mean, we got Verlander too. Yeah, yeah. Justin, yeah. Ver, Justin Verlander is a Met, which never thought I would see that. Nope. Kodai Sanga, I'm really excited to see him play. We got him for like what five years, I think it was. Yep. I didn't realize he was already 30, but yeah, he's he yeah. he had his time in Japan. And he dominated. And he did really well. Ghost form. I'm so excited when, to see this ghost pitch. When Pete Alonso was like, "Yeah, I can't believe that came I, out of his hand," it's like, "Oh, okay, this uh-huh. is good." Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the Mets are just, they have a really good team, but so do the Phillies. And the Braves. And the Braves. Despite losing Swanson. Despite, yeah. yeah. I mean, ask a Braves fan, they'll be like, oh, we were going to let him go anyway. No, you weren't. No. No, you weren't. That's a loss to your team, yeah. and I won't accept otherwise. No. But they did get Sean Murphy. Yep. Which, he's... It's very helpful. He's probably, uh, he's on par with, um, oh, why can't I remember his name? Catcher for Phillies. Oh, Rumuto. I almost said his name. He's Rumuto esque. Yeah. I think he might be a better hitter at this point. I agree. That's what I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah. Is that I think he's on par or even a little bit better than Rumuto. Yep. Um, but the Phillies were in the World Series, Jake. Yep. The Mets and Braves weren't. Yep. Yeah, so. no, that's true. The Phillies the Phillies ran it all back. And they got Trey Turner. Yep. Who's so good. And so Tyler Walker. The Phillies, oh, they yeah, they got Tyler okay. Walker. The Phillies are just taking all the Mets pitchers and just like, we'll make you better. And then they do. <laughs> and then they do. It's like, it's right. Zach Wheeler, come back. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish. I wish. But enough of the NL East for now. AL East. The AL East also did some stuff. Specifically the Yankees. I know people don't care about the Yankees, but I do. From around here. Yeah, they right. do. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I love that they got Rodon. Yeah. I think it's terrific. They needed someone like that. So now, I, I as long as health is out of the question... Cole, Rodon, Nestor, and Healthy Sevy is about as good as a full one, two, three, four you can find. Yeah, I, I agreed. Their bullpen could use a little more work, but they did bring back um, who they brought. They brought back crap. I can't think of his name right now. It's a good reliever. I don't know why it's escaping me. But Britain will be healthy for the season. They brought someone else back that they had a couple years ago. It's taking me off. I can't remember it. I don't know. I don't remember. I'll think of this eventually. But they brought back a solid reliever that they used to have. Um, Jake. They have a lot of options. They brought back Aaron Judge. They did bring back Aaron Judge. That is by far the biggest <laughs> They brought back away. Aaron Judge. Yeah. Which, made him captain. Yeah. Which, yes, which is amazing. I'm so glad they did that. It's yeah. just a cool, it's just cool, man. It's really cool. It's awesome. It's, it's, uh, he's so much fun to root for. Yeah. And he's so, so good. I mean, that the back end of that contract is going to be terrible for your it is, team. But I just hope you're ready for it. I am, but the thing is, is I'm glad that they nut up and were just like... This. They had to do it. I like... But teams need to understand that. That you have to eat shit the last three, four years of those contracts to enjoy the good part of it. That's just how it works. And there can be restructuring where they figure it out. It happens all the time. Not yep. as much in baseball as it does in other sports, but... Did you want to talk about the shortstop yes. thing for That's, the Yankees? So... Bringing all these guys in, right? So the shortstop thing is the biggest thing. IKF did not play well last year. Kiner Falefa is who we're yep. talking about. Isaiah Kiner Falefa, IKF. He did not mm-hmm. play well last year. Pereza, their top two prospects, Volpe and Pereza. Well, I think Dominguez might be two, but two of their top three prospects, Volpe and Pereza, are both very good shortstops. I don't want Glaber to go back to shortstop. He's not a good defensive shortstop. He plays much better at second. Sure. It's also much, I, I feel like he hits better when he plays at second because there's less defensive strips on him. I'm hoping Volpe steps up, but I honestly can see Pereza stepping up first. You think they're going to... I mean, he already played, right? Pereza played a little bit at the end of last yeah. year, which is why yeah. I think he might come up first, but I, I'm hoping Volpe continues to take a step in his ready midseason because I think he can make a huge difference down the stretch. 
Um, Oswaldo Cabrera can play infield a little bit. He also came up as a shortstop. They kind of have him as an outfielder now. He's a little taller. Mm-hmm. Makes a little more sense. And I think Kiner Fleffa is good in doses. I don't think he's an everyday shortstop. I think he's good to throw in there, but I like the idea. They've done a good job of compiling a bunch of utility players. I just want... I, we need a shortstop. You, you need can't, a set and stone. You can't go utility player. at shortstop. Correct. No. And I... I don't want Josh Donaldson playing. Yeah. No matter how good he is at defense, <laughs> it's an automatic out when he steps up to the plate. Right. And sure, he gets home runs and he hits here and there, but it's never against the teams that matter. Yeah. Right? And LeMahieu's a competent third baseman at this point. Sure. Yeah. I think that Volpe or Pereza or Cabrera, I think any of them can play third base. Maybe not every day, but they can certainly take uh, spell Donaldson at some point. Um, hopefully Trevino hits the way he did last year. I, I I like what they did. They needed another pitcher, and I think I think they're in a good spot. Um, they're going to let me down sure. hard. But the AL East changed a little bit this year. It besides did. besides the Blue Jays, who yep. still have a very good team, the the Dodgers unloaded. Yes, they got rid of Bogarts. Uh, Red Sox. You said Dodgers. I meant the Red Sox yep. got rid of Bogarts yes. yep. to the Padres. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought of the Dodgers. Because no, you're good. I was just. Making sure we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But the AL East, I mean... I mean, the Red Sox are a shit show. They got right? Justin Turner. Oh, 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 the Dodgers. Yeah, more Dodgers. Right. <laughs> oh, Justin Turner. Oh, my Ooh. God. Um, I mean, and the Rays will be competitive, but they're never going to... I don't think they're going to have the same success that they did. No. Glasnow will be gone by the trade deadline. Yeah. Just with how the rest of the AL turned out, I think that the, the Rays are past. But the Orioles... Now. Orioles are young. The Orioles I, are exciting. They they if, need a couple more years. If Grayrod isn't on the starting opening day roster, I will riot. He, yeah, he is ready, and he's going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, the Orioles, I like what the Orioles have done. They're in a good spot. Yeah, I mean the Orioles. They have a lot of prospects that are ready right now. Yep. That Gunnar Henderson. Yeah, that they're either starting to bring up. Or let them play, man. Just let them. That's what I think they should do. Let them play. Bring them all up. Let them play. Yeah. You know, because I'm not saying I'm bringing it back to the Mets here, which I don't think the Mets have the same farm system that the Orioles do because they don't. But the Mets' top prospects, including um, Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, Beatty. and uh, Ronnie Mauricio. Oh, I love Ronnie. They have been raking this spring training so far. It's only been a week, a couple games. I love Ronnie. But Ronnie Mauricio hit back-to-back home runs yesterday and today. He's a dude. He. They all got... Bigger, they all got stronger. Yep. Francisco Alvarez lost a little weight somehow. Same, so better did, than so McCann. Did, so did Pete Alonso and uh, Daniel Vogelbach. They all lost weight. <gasps> I forgot about Daniel Vogelbach. I yeah. love him. Yeah. And he can. T- oh yeah, I'm rooting for the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> he 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 slimmed down. That's my guy. A little bit. No. Um, yeah. Aww. Yeah, a little bit. I like him being fat. Well, okay. You know, I'm not saying he's like. Skinny. Okay. Good. 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 But you know, that's my chunk. Compared to, I need. I him. mean, he he's not as chunk. Okay. But he's chonk. He's chonked down. He's chonked down a okay. little bit. He's still chonky. Mm-hmm. Just chonked down. Yeah. Okay, respect for yeah. Re- respect for your health, Daniel, but please stay fat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, there was just a lot of moves this year with the MLB free agency. Um, uh, it's going to take a little while to get into the season to see how well they, tan- they, they pan out. Yeah, and well, I mean, that's what we're going to cover mostly in the summer, and we'll, we'll get into... Um, you know, maybe we'll do like a little prediction here in a few weeks. We gotta sure. wait to see how the spring training goes and see how everything plays out. Yep. There's gonna be some things that we we want to figure out, but there are a lot of like Jacob Degrom being at a Texas Ranger. Yeah, we didn't weird. even talk about. It's so weird. It's so weird. He's already having especially injury. since he's already having injury concerns. <gasps> Shocked, right? Gasp. I know. 
MLB season is going to be very exciting. We're very excited for it. We're, we love baseball. Um, we're cutting short on time here a little bit, Nick, but there's one more notable thing I want to talk about before we go, and that's just Damian Lillard specifically last night. He dropped 71 points. Oldest player to do so. Only player over the age of 28. Uh-huh. I think he's 32. So by a significant margin, it was the it was the most three-pointers made ever in a seven in a game over 60 points I believe. Yeah. He had 13 threes, he's one off the record and he even they tried to get him like to tie the record and he like was shrugging them off the end cuz he was so exhausted. Mm-hmm. It was the best shooting true Did they shoot- win that game? They won. They by won. A lot. Okay, yeah. good. Good. He got a, I think they won by like 30. Okay. Um they got a true shooting he had the highest true shooting percentage of anyone to score over 70 points. He is now fifth all-time in 60-point game, a uh, third all-time in 60 points games with five. Will Chamberlain had 32, Kobe had six, Dame now has five. Oh, since I think it's I think it's the last like 19 or 20 games, he's averaging 39 points. 19 games, he's averaging almost 40 points. The Blazers are 10 and nine. They've done everything they can. They were sellers at the deadline. They're three games out of the four seed, Nick. They're the 13th seed. They are four games out of the three seed. Uh, three games out of the four seed. And they've done everything they can to just sell. And Damian Lillard has kept them in the running. It's just what he did is so impressive, and what he's been doing is so impressive. What he does for that team in that city, yeah. I'm sure they lost C.J. McCollum because they traded him away. Because but they're selling. <laughs> I always have respect for players who always stick out for a smaller market team like that. you know. And there are some players that I think can do that for teams that are on the rise. Yep. You know, like Darren Fox in in Sacramento, or Tyrese Halliburton in Indiana. Yep. He's going to be good. He's going to be a superstar, he is I good, think. Yeah. He's the league in assists. Yeah, and he's young. Yep. He's young, and there are a lot of players like Dame or like Giannis, even D-Book. And I know the the, the Suns have been really successful. And they've lately. added a lot of good players. They've added a lot of good players. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to see players in the NBA who just – you know, try to be as good as they can on the court for a team that might not be supporting them as good as they can. Dame's, we're, I mean, Dame's career has been unbelievable from where he came from and where he started and what he's done. And his ability to, I mean, he's the first player ever to have 70 points, five rebounds, and five assists. He had six rebounds and six assists on top of 71 points. Right. And he he only took 33 shots, which is a lot, but not for 71 points. Yeah. He, he 13 for 22 from three. He was 14 to 14 from the line. He was so efficient and so good, and he he doesn't get cocky. He doesn't. You don't hear a bad word about him. He goes and makes really good music, by the way, yeah. on top of this. Like, yeah. legitimately yeah. good rap music. Best NBA rapper ever. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, ever. He's talented in so many different ways, and he's just... Everything he does is he's a good dude, and I just wanted to shout him out for that because 71 points is only the eighth time we've seen anyone score 70 points. It's un- it's unbelievable. Yeah. And to do it at that clip and have a sh- true shooting percentage of like 80% is unreal. He deserves all the success, and uh, and I'm just appreciative of watching him. Agreed. You know, from... Afar. Afar. Yeah, across but, the country. Yeah, yeah, but... You know, but for our entire, you know, adolescence. He's in the top 75 for a reason. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, um... Just a little quick, little quick little funny tidbit on that. Uh, Donovan Mitchell tweeted out. He said, Ed, my mom texted me and said, at Dame Lillard tied my record, so now I need to go out and score 72. And I just thought that, because uh, Donovan Mitchell scored 71 earlier this year. Yeah. Just a couple months ago. Yep. Um, so I just, I thought that was funny. So I I agree. Dame Lillard is underrated. Eighth player to ever score 70 points. That's impressive. Even when he shouldn't be. Yeah. Underrated when he shouldn't be. Agreed. But that's all the time we have for today. 
or this week anyway, Jake. Um, ladies and gents. Ladies and gents, I appreciate you all being here. We've had a lot of great reception for our first three episodes. Um, can't thank you all enough for supporting Jake and I in this endeavor. Verbal um, retweet. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of retweets, follow our Twitter. Um, I'm going to try and get more active on that. If you don't know, it's me on there primarily. It's mostly Nick, yeah. It's mostly me on By that, I mean it's been Nick every time so far. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm going to try and get more um, engagement on there. So if you all yep. aren't following us there yet... Um, Follow our personal Twitters. We're, we're busy guys switching in and out of Twitters. become becomes a little little difficult with everything we got going on. Right. But. And it's a really exciting time for this podcast because, I mean, we did start it at a really weird time. We did. The end of the NFL. We, we tried to get it started sooner. Things happen. Life happens. But, but yes. it's a really exciting time for, for this podcast, for us. Yep. You know, there are a lot of great things going on for us. And, you know, just can't wait to talk about more. You know, we got the NFL next week. Got more MLB. Got college basketball coming up soon. Selection Sunday is not next Sunday. The Sunday after. I think so. Yep. Yeah. But championship week starts this week. College basketball, NBA, NHL. I'm going to talk about a little bit because the, Sab- the Sabers are rocking right now. Islanders are there. Um, you know, but there's a lot of great things that we're going to talk about, and we appreciate you all sticking around and listening to us. Us goofs. Yeah, much love. Us goobers. We're sports addicts. We need. We appreciate you guys giving us a platform to to get our addiction out there in the world yeah if you're if you're here at the end of this podcast we appreciate you much love so all right y'all we'll see you all next week this is button up in the air i'm nick i'm jake we'll see you next week hasta la pasta